0: Friday night football is postponed. This week we discuss Aston Villa against Newcastle, the postponement. Are Manchester City back and how will they line up against Fulham? And how many premium picks should we own and which ones for the festive period? Welcome back listeners to episode 195 of the FPL Surgery podcast. We're recording, it's Monday the 1st of December. Pep's team sheet has just been revealed and only a couple of hours ago we found out that the Friday night game Villa against Newcastle has been postponed. So the deadline's pushed back at the moment anyway, until Saturday. And I'm, I'm here with Josh, of course. So Josh, I mean, you've had a pretty busy week, is that right?
1: Yeah, I have.
2: So um, after uh, we recorded with um, Andy and Luke from the FPL Wolfpack, I uh, did um the scout cast the following night on Tuesday with Joe and Ted Talks FPL and then on Thursday um I did a live video link on the FPL show with um Az and Mark from FPL Blackbox so yeah been um, been pretty crazy three things in a week um when it's my first season of doing uh, all this sorts of stuff regularly so um yeah it's a, but, but a pleasure to do all of them so uh, how's your week been
0: yeah, my week's been... Well, my week was fun until um, Ollie Watkins. I'm sure we'll move on to that in a minute. Ollie Watkins put a bit of a sour taste in the mouth last night. But yeah, no, generally good. Um, I mean, did you tip Harvey Barnes on all of those podcasts or is it just just on here? I
2: did, apart from the FPL show. The FPL yeah. show was purely a segment on City. Um, but I did. I tipped it on here. I tipped it on our Patreon pod. I tipped it on... Uh, on um scout cast. so when I saw he didn't start I was like, oh, this is awkward Um, (laughs) Very very awkward (laughs) But here he is came off the bench, Harvey Barnes and um, for his uh, finishing or conversion rates, which have never been fantastic it was a great finish and hopefully gets him a start against um, you know, Sheffield United game week uh, 11 and it's really him as a pick for those four plum fixtures for them so who knows
0: yeah i mean he saved your blushes but he didn't save brendan rogers now this week we're joined by a fantasy football hub contributor who has three top 10k finishes two top 5k finishes and his highest being 1900th welcome back to the podcast john lambert aka fpl jossie how's it how's it going john
3: yeah, it's good, Rich. Thanks. And thanks for having us on. Um, it's great to be here again.
0: No, glad, glad to have you on. Are you still chasing, you know, all the, the transfer value? <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, well, it's something I've, I've made a reputation for, but I, I have. My team value is still not bad this season, um, but it's something I've tried to, I think I said uh, early on this season, I was going to be a bit more balanced about it. And with the COVID issues and the international break, causing so many injuries I've, I've taken a real step back and i'm i'm actually doing late transfers i'm being really patient i'm like a, a new improved jossie this year well we say improved not looking at the uh, the overall rank but um i have tried to be a little bit more patient this year i think it's been enforced by
1: mm-hmm.
3: um the risk of making early transfers um it's it still sticks in my throat when i see player rise and i'm, I'm itching to get him in but i, I it just isn't worth the risk. Now I was, I was burnt earlier in the season in the international break when KDB was injured. Um, so, so you yeah, have kind of reined that in a little.
0: I mean, I guess, would you have been one of these people who brought in Callum Wilson or Grealish, um, you know, ahead of, ahead of today's news? Cause I've yeah. seen a lot of people have been bringing them in. So yeah,
3: well, no, um, I, I've not made any transfer, and I'm not. I don't intend to till after the Champions League games. Never intended to, and yeah, I've, I've seen some friends in mini leagues who have already bought Wilson um, for a hit. Um, so,
0: that's the... so that's not
3: a good start to the week, is it?
0: No, no, and that's the the upside of being, I guess, a bit more patient with your transfers, a bit more like Josh, um, who, who likes to play it safe sometimes. So we will go through. I mean, how how we got on in our last game week? So. Jossie, I mean, how, how, how was your game week?
3: Pretty decent, actually. Um, I I had a few issues going into last week. So I've been carrying Saiz for a while on the bench. Uh, Lamptey picked up the red card. Uh, Morphe's been stinking out my team for a while, and he was up against my beloved Liverpool. And I had no bench. Birk, um, Mitchell not playing. So I had a couple of issues. So I, I took a minus eight. Um, I, I brought in Diaz. I brought in Jota for Sun, and I got rid of Morpé and and brought in Vardy, and it it paid off in dividends. Um, I ended up getting 20 points in for the the players that came in, uh, two points for the three who went out. So I was up, um, and yeah, pretty successful week. Uh, a, A small green, but from 790 to 680k, um, so I'm getting there now. about four or five weeks ago, I was about two point three million. so I'm getting oh, some wow. sort of respectability. Yeah. but That's in the a way, massive Jeff.
0: jump. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah i was I was languishing, but um four greens on, on the bounce and yeah, it's, it's going
0: right. going away, right. nice. nice. And how about you, josh? how was how was your game week?
2: Yeah, it was really good. Uh, so we've got sixty eight um, a game week rank of one hundred and ninety nine k, so really happy with that. Um, transfer-wise, I took out Mane, brought Salah back in. It was a bit of a luxury move to hokey-cokey them in, in essentially two weeks, but um, I had a real inkling that um, it was Mane's turn for a benching um, after him playing 90 minutes midweek and Yotra and Firmino uh, sitting that one on the bench. So it was the right move. He was on the bench. Um, and yeah, uh, good week. Um, really happy with the Leeds defenders coming in again. Only played one of them this week, um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was it was a good week and sort of uh, happy with my team now moving forward.
0: Yeah, and you've jumped jumped just ahead of me again, so I, have, yeah. I, I, I need to up my game. Um, I got fifty nine points this week. I rolled my transfer. I was I was really tempted the last minute to move Kane on to Vardy. But I just, I just, I don't know. I just tried to keep strong on that one because I really like this Kane fixture against Arsenal, and I, I like it even more after watching Arsenal play the other day. It was quite, quite a dramatic game week, really, because I captained captain Sterling, and luckily he didn't come on, so I got the De Bruyne advice vice captain. Triple Chelsea defence have done it, done it for me, you know, once again. And like I touched on earlier, it was just Watkins. Um, I mean, obviously he he looked pretty good. You know, he had that goal goal chalked off. He missed a penalty he set up a clear chance for trezeguet as well but i mean i'm not going to complain at a green arrow um they've been few and far between this season so if you want to join the fpl surgery patreon please google fpl surgery patreon You can slide into josh paxman's twitter dms or go to patreon.com forward slash fpl surgery we've got our patreons who pledge at the highest level and they get this extra special mention each and every week i'll go in reverse order this time because we always say it in the in the same order so we've got darren Byrne, ross from fpl merch we've got ron frosk vince poyle and andy portlock so thank you very much and now we're going to go on to alan who's going to run through the game week stats
1: hi folks alan back with some stats from game week 10. this was a game week which saw man city back to high scoring ways winning 5-0 to a popeless burnley although their xg was only 1.87 in total. Not surprising then that Riyad Mahrez is this week's biggest overachiever with three goals from a combined xG of 0.96. We also saw Liverpool being disappointed with a 1-1 draw despite only scraping together 0.32 xG for themselves. Saturday gave us Two one-nil wins, despite both games racking up an astounding 5 XG each. Leeds beat Everton 1-0 with an XG scoreline of 1.49 to 3.38 in Leeds' favour. No surprise seeing three blanking Leeds players in the underachievers chart this game week, with Jack Harrison at 0.9, Patrick Bamford at 0.8, and Helder Costa at 0.55. How goes Bamford Watch you ask? He's now soaring back to the top of the underachievers of the season, with XG data saying he should have scored nearly three more goals than he currently has. The other game was a 1-0 win for West Brom over Sheffield United who are finding it painfully difficult to score goals this season despite racking up an impressive XG of 3.28. They lost to West Brom with striker Ollie McBurney making the third spot for underachievers this game week with an XG total of 0.85. Safe to say the only people happy of the two games are the few owners of Sam Johnston and Leeds goalkeeper Ilan Meslier, who both took home 11-point holds. The Sunday games saw Man United seemingly struggle to beat Southampton 3 2, although XG data suggest a well deserved victory, with Southampton only getting 0.52 to Man United's 2.84. Cavani coming on from the bench made the big difference here, as he scored twice from a combined XG of 0.39, making him this week's second biggest underachiever. This also puts him second for overachievers of the season, with three goals from a combined XG of its- James Ward Prowse was involved in both of Southampton's goals, recording a goal and assist, both from set pieces. His late surge of forms with three goals and two assists in the past four game weeks from a combined total XGI of 0.86 sees him as this period's biggest overachiever. Interestingly, he was last season's biggest underachiever with a negative XG delta of minus 5.46, suggesting that in 1920 he should have had five more attacking returns. As always, the truth with these things is probably somewhere in the middle. Chelsea and Spurs played out a 0-0 draw, with Spurs getting the lowest Team XG of the weekend at 0.19. Might be concerning for those managers still on the attacking double-up. Monday Night Football saw West Ham sneak a 2-1 win past Villa, despite losing the XG battle 0.62-2.68. to Ollie Watkins in that process became this game week's biggest underachiever with 0 points returned to owners from a combined XG of 1.30. XG data of course does not include the goal that was chalked off to a VAR offside call. Trezeguet also makes an appearance in the underachievers' charts for the second game week running, uh, with nothing to show from an XG of 0.74. Looking at some more team stats, we're getting used to seeing leads at the top of shots. They're there again with 23 but we're also getting used to only six being on target. Man City are second in this chart with 19, scoring five from their six on target. Leeds created the most chances with 18, followed by Man City and Sheffield United with 17. The Blades are now by far the most underperforming team in the league with four goals from a total XG of 11.72. XG data there saying they should have scored nearly eight more goals. For players and chances created this game week, we've got Mateus Pereira of West Brom as the runaway leader with nine, followed by Mares at six, suggesting he could have had an even bigger hole. And then we've got Jack Grealish and James Rodriguez, both on five. No room for Bruno Fernandes in the chances created chart this week then, but he does make an appearance in the shots chart, taking second spot with six and two on target. Most shots... Joel linton seven and three on target both bruno and joe got a goal and assist to their names this game week i think i'll finish up now before this drags on for far too long back to you rich
0: thanks alan and thanks for winding me up about ollie watkins again so our first headline it's the aston villa against newcastle postponement now i guess we have to say we've only found out about this what like two hours ago um so the deadline's already been moved by fpl to the saturday morning and there's a couple of tweets that suggest it might not be rearranged for the midweek, but it's, you know, it's always a possibility. So I guess we're just going to hold our transfers as long as possible. But we come to you first, Jossie. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? You know, how, how is it affecting your team, for example?
3: Well, I'm holding two Villa players, Martinez and Grealish. Martinez being my only playing goalkeeper, as I'm sure that's the case for a lot of people. He's a own goalkeeper. At twenty seven percent ownership, and I imagine an awful lot of those don't have a backup, so it's a pain. And as I mentioned before, my bench isn't great. Uh, Burke's unlikely to get me anything, and Mitchell's unlikely to play. Um, And I would, I really intend to get Kevin De Bruyne in this week somehow. So time will tell whether I decide to lose Grealish, but he still has a great run of fixtures, and I want to keep him. so I will, as you say, I'll be holding those transfers as late as possible in the hope that maybe it gets rearranged this week. In in, in terms of Martinez, I'm hesitant to sell him. It's, it would be a hit most likely to get him out. The players, the keepers who I think I would want to get if I were to replace him, don't particularly have great fixtures this week. So it's not a huge upside in, in a, a confidence of getting a clean sheet this week. Um, and Villa are likely to have now double game weeks coming up. Uh, obviously, Martinez has risen in place quite a lot, so I think I'd rather keep hold of him. Um, but time will tell. I mean, it's it's going to be hard
2: going into the game week with ten players. I'm in a similar position, really. Uh, so I've got Martinez, Steer, and Grealish. It feels like a quite a good week for Steer to be one of your Villa really triple up. At least <laughs> I don't. Uh get impacted with those that own, you know, Ollie Watkins or, uh, Target or Can We Stop talking about
0: Ollie Watkins. That's bad. Oh,
2: just going to keep, just going to keep banging <laughs> that drum for a bit longer, Rich, to be honest. Um, yeah, so I'm in a similar position. I don't feel that I've got nothing in the bank as well, which doesn't help things. Uh, I've got no reason to bring in a keeper. Um, I can't bring anyone in for steer who's going to play. I'm not going to sell Martinez. I'm happy to keep Grealish really. So, I've, I've kind of got the Leeds defenders that I can roll off the bench um, to give me 10. Um, even got Harrison Reid sat there with his cracking fixture of away to Man City um, who, uh, you know, can sit there as first sub and Seamus Coleman, who's still red flagged. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I think for me, I'm only going to make a transfer if there's something that I actually want to do in a player that I want long term. I'm not just going to make a, a you know, a uh, a short term, uh, you know, move um, that could potentially, you know, affect things later on, both in terms of, you know, money that I've got to do things and my general team structure. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's not it's it's not not ideal no, especially as it was it was of this run that Villa have got. It was one of the plum fixtures, but. I think um they've still got great great fixtures um for the festive period and then coming into the new year with with two double game weeks to be scheduled. So for me, I'm just happy to bench really
0: yeah, it's it's interesting because I mean with Martinez, I mean it sounds like neither of you want to replace him because obviously I've seen a few people wondering if they do a hit to replace martinez. so i'm get I'm assuming neither of you would be up for the hit if you're not up for doing it for for free transfers. Um, something I looked at was that Martinez, he's averaged 4.66 points per game because obviously he's only, he's only played played a few games. McCarthy's averaged 4.2 and Mesley has averaged 4.3. I mean, so if these players are averaging above the, the cost of a hit, would you still not be tempted, Jossie?
3: Um, I think the fact is I'd probably want to get him back later in the season when he's got those mm. double gate weeks. And I'll yep. probably be paying close to five million for him. The way Villa are defending at the moment, he, he's not as he, if I was wild carding tomorrow, I wouldn't buy Martinez. And so I think he's a tough buy now at 4.8 million. But at 4.5, when I got him at the start of the season, I, I think I'd like to keep him for those double game weeks. So, yeah, I, yeah.
0: yeah, that's no. the thing that's in the back of my mind is because of the double game weeks. I was just wondering, like, I guess it depends because he seems to be the player we've all wild carded, and you can sort of tell because we've got Martinez. Because obviously he didn't get added to the game, did he? Until, or he didn't get added as a Villa player till, till game week two.
1: Yeah. I'm just
0: wondering though if those game weeks. I mean, the doubles aren't going to be until the new year. I wouldn't imagine now.
1: I
2: think the thing is as well, he's gone up in price. I mean, I got him at four or five yeah. when I played my wild card game week two. He's now four or eight. Um, I agree with Jossie. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go for him on a wild card. I'd go for something a bit different. Not. Not because I don't think he's a good pick. I think he's a great pick. They have got great fixtures. He's a great keeper. Um, and um, you know, he's even shown that he can save a penalty. Um, but for me, I'd go for something a bit different just to try and you know climb the ranks in 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 in, in other ways. And um, but yeah, with 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 the price rises that he's he's had, and uh, essentially yeah, two double game weeks due further down the line, I'm not I'm not moving him on now. It's uh it's just a waste of a transfer or two if you're going what to bring him back in.
3: Afterwards. Um, is one of my key lanes of last year was um, wasting moves on keepers because I I got rid of Pope when he went into that horror run of fixtures because it seemed to make sense and there was a nice fixture swing to another keeper, whoever that was. Um, and he proceeded to score eights to nines throughout that difficult period. And I jumped off um, another keeper to... Uh, I ended up jumping on three or four keepers that year. Each time, just missing the holes. And and so I'm, I'm not going to waste transfers on a keeper this year. Um, To be honest, I all already feel that jumping from McCarthy to Martinez, even though it was on a wild card, that's turned out to be a mistake. Should have just left McCarthy.
0: Yep. No, I agree with that. I think that's more of, I guess, because we wild carded earlier, it just... I guess sometimes the impulse is to do as many as, many as possible. I'm in a strange situation this week because I've got two free transfers and I was actually looking, before this news, I was actually looking at rolling. So Martinez to another goalie would be quite, I don't know, it'd be quite tempting. But then there's still that part of me that doesn't want to lose Martinez because like you say, he's still got good fixtures. Price has gone up and it's unlikely to come crashing back down again. Part of me hopes that Peacock, that Pope's out another week and I can just change my backup keeper to, to Peacock-Farrell. Although I, I just don't know how likely it is that that happens. But Burnley is the first game of the game week now. So on Saturday, that early kickoff against against Everton. Yeah. So maybe I'm just in a bit of a unique situation where I don't need to don't need to look at that. But I, I agree completely with both of you about Grealish. And I guess that's partly price rises as well. He's risen, what, 0.7? As, as it is at the moment. I wouldn't want to be getting rid of him. Watkins might be a different matter. I think um, he
2: is, yeah. I think yeah. Watkins I think Watkins is probably the most sellable of all of them, really. Whereas, you know, like a, a target or a concert, you can just bench them if you've got other playable defenders. Great. But I think, yeah, Watkins, he's obviously a player who's starting for you every week. So I think he's a he's an easy sell. And he's not gone up much in price, uh, if at all. Um, there's there are plenty of other options at that price as well. So I think he's he's a, he's a definite sell, and I'd probably say, I mean, Callum Wilson's a bit more of a. Yeah, I was going to say about him. He's got those plum fixtures on the on, you know, coming up. But bearing in mind the state of affairs at Newcastle, and we're not getting at the moment a great deal more information about who the players are and what the situation is, I'd probably sell him as well, just because. You don't know if he's got it, if he's gonna get it. Can, who
0: can the... you sell for though? Because I mean, obviously you can't move to Watkins. Would it be Bamford?
2: Mm, not this oh, week.
0: No, because Chelsea have only conceded what one goal since what? Well, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> only McGoldrick's that pre- yeah. back line. Of all,
2: um, of all the players in the whole of the Premier League, who would have thought it'd be David McGoldrick, last season's biggest underachiever? Um <laughs> Oh, on XG yeah. wise, to uh, to be the one to to ruin your clean sheet that week, crazy. Um uh, I, I guess, is back now, yeah, Antonio. I, I own Antonio. I think you know he, he wasn't hundred uh, no. percent Monday, but I think that another week in training, he's going to start at home to so United. You would have thought they need him in those sorts of games. I think that um, you know Adams is still quite a decent pick. Um, they've got some nice fixtures coming up. He's proving quite good value. You know, there's there is some other options. It's fairly limited. Yeah, I agree. I think you know Chris Woods probably scraping the barrel a little bit. But you know, home to Everton this week. They've got they're quite a leaky defence at the moment, and still got Pickford in goal for some absurd reason. So um, you know, there's a few options. Um, and obviously, if you've got a bit more money in the bank, then yeah you can you can kind of move, you can look to to some other you know players if you've not got dcl um richarlison and so on and so forth really
3: yeah just even oh, so a... enough to consider fabio silva in the absence of his?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah wow. i looked at that today but it's just a it's just a fixture isn't it and the fixtures in general fixture yeah. this week away to liverpool even if alisson's injured and even if you know, they've not got their, you know, Van Dyke and Gomez and stuff. You just look at their fixtures and think, yes, like, yeah. it's just too much to beyond. You're
0: right. Plus, he had the honor of getting subbed on and then subbed off as well, which is quite fair. <laughs> yeah, he did. But I think that was yeah. tactical, to be fair. I think he's quite a highly rated rated young player. Well, they but... enough
2: money for him, didn't they? And yeah. the f- 5.2 million he is, you know, he's, he's just cheap as chips, but. It's just the fixtures. I just yeah. but, but the question is though, going if if Jimenez is out for a bit, who's gonna play that central role? I really don't know. I think they'll have to play a false nine, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think I think J- so. was Antonio your favourite replacement for Callum Wilson or
3: to be honest, my favourite would probably be Bamford longer term. Yeah.
0: Beyond the Chelsea game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. And I mean, to be honest. I'd probably, if I wasn't so biased with all my Chelsea defenders, I'd probably look at look at Bamford myself. I
2: think Bamford's as great as well. if you don't watch football or can't, you know, don't have much time. To watch football. <laughs> yeah, if you just yeah, the
0: points at the end of the game. If <laughs> you're
2: um, you know, if you're just tuning in every Saturday afternoon and watching Bamford play, who's in your FPL team, <laughs> it's not an enjoyable experience. But <laughs> if you're one that's just happy to look at shots in the box, big chances, next G, whack him in, you'll probably get points fairly often and that'll be um you know fantastic really it's a bit like watching Callum Wilson isn't it as well a little of, bit a um, little bit for new but, clubs, yeah. it's pretty dire too
0: but yeah no awesome so I mean like I said that was that was sprung on us you know that's that news has just happened so I think we'd all recommend to hold your transfers as, as late as possible but we'll move on to our second headline so that's our city back and how will they line up against Fulham so I mean the second part of that's Difficult to answer. Question from FPL Irons: What is your opinion on the Sterling situation, and what do you do as FPL managers when your assets aren't nailed before a plum fixture? FPL Kickoffs asking Cancelo or Sterling what to do with them. We've got nuclear atoms because of Pep roulette. Should we wait until the Champions League is finished to bring in a Man City attacker? Podboard: Is it Marez time? FPL Trent: Is Marez worth the risk versus Fulham? So I mean, there's quite quite a bit there, and obviously the. The Man City game's not even kicked off as we're recording. So, Jossie, um, what did you think of Man City the other day? You know, are you looking to bring in assets from, the, from them?
3: Yeah, I, I'm carrying just Diaz at the moment. Um, and I consider myself very fortunate that I didn't jump on Cancelo. He was the other one in the mix. City lineup's are always difficult to gauge. I, to your first question, am I looking to bring any in? Absolutely. Kevin De Bruyne's top of my shopping list. And, and I see that he's on the bench... Tonight, so he's, he's almost certain to start if if we can predict prep at all. I'd be a little bit more worried if I was a sterling or a cancello owner that they get the start tonight. I think to answer FBL Lions' question, what do you do if your plum assets uh, are, are not looking nailed? I think with those two, you need to look at how many minutes they play tonight. If, if sterling gets a good 90 minutes tonight. It's a it's a real worry that he's not going to start against Fulham. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. Yeah, it's not. It's not what I want to hear either. Um, <laughs> it just gets harder, doesn't it? If if someone if you own the I mean, it's a different thing having the player or transferring in the player. I mean, like you say, if he plays a full ninety, I wouldn't want to be bringing him in. But mm. then, I mean, if you owned him, would you would you want to sell him? It's
3: tough. So I think yeah. on that, it depends. Have you got any other fires? If, you, if you've if you got a really robust team, you don't happen to have Grealish and and uh, you don't have Watkins. Uh, sorry to mention Watkins again.
0: That's all right. uh, <laughs> Keep banging that drum,
3: Jossie. Yeah. Keep banging it. Yeah, I was stuck for it. Um, I'll it
0: out. I'll ble- <laughs> then
3: potentially... You we'll, could, get him, we'll get him crying afraid. in tears in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Potentially you could switch Sterling, to be fair. I think I might do. £11.5 million in a plum fixed jet. If you were hoping to captain him and for him to not start, um, it's a big investment, isn't it? To the point, your your original point: How did I feel they did against Burnley? Have they turned the corner? I don't know because I don't know what it is with Burnley. Why they're incapable of putting up any sort of fight against City at the Etihad? They five goals each time. Um, I think not having Pope probably had a lot to do with it as well. Um. so time will tell. and Fulham did put up a better performance this week themselves
2: I mean you, you can't see past like, a comfortable win for City probably um, I think but a big I loss know. for Fulham this week actually is going to be that, um, that that guy, I'm going to try and pronounce his name, Tosin Adar, Adarabayo oh, who's okay. on loan from City he's obviously going to be an illegible it seems that since he's Gone there on loan, and I think their other new centre back, Jim Anderson, they've actually tightened up a little bit. You know, they're still they're still conceding obviously goals, and uh, conceded three to Everton game week nine, and um, they conceded against uh, West Ham. But they're looking a lot better defensively. I think that him being ineligible will be a big benefit for uh, for City. And I think, you know, you've just got to kind of look at the fixture and knowing that City have got a bit of confidence back in them. Um, they just needed that first sort of comfortable win. It didn't even have to be five. nil would have been enough. And um, all of a sudden, you know, I think I wouldn't go as far as saying City are back. I think we need to see a little bit more but yeah, I think they're um, they're definitely uh, on the on you know moving in the right direction.
3: I think the, the the bigger question is:
2: Do City need to be
3: back to beat Fulham at home? there is that but
0: you know exactly i think even in yeah even in third gear you know city can win these games you know maybe not six seven nil but they can win them three four five nil for fpl i mean that can be pretty big and i think there's going to be a lot of fear this week of of missing out missing out on it and i think the villa situation makes it even even harder for people to get them in and that their ownerships are ridiculous um i mean i like I said, I had Sterling captain, and I know, I know he didn't play, but he was 3% expected ownership. I think 4% owned overall. And even De Bruyne, I think he was around around 20%. I mean, it just takes that one game um, where you load up on City assets. and I mean, you could be you know, absolutely flying up the ranks. Um, I think
2: uh, Sterling this week's a, a hold, don't captain, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Unless
0: he scores a hat-trick and then gets subbed after 60 minutes.
2: Well, <laughs> who knows, but...
0: It's it's maybe... I mean, what about Foden as well? Um
2: go <laughs> Don't go there. I don't know why Pep even registered him in their Premier League squad. Should have just He's registered fine. him in the Champions League squad. He, he he plays like 90 minutes every Champions League game midweek. Never shows up in the Premier League. It's just... It's getting beyond a joke. I mean, you'd think that we'd have a little bit of the rub of the green with it, you know, now and now and again. But... um I mean, surely there's got to be a part of it where he's thinking I need to give him some more minutes in the Premier League because he's been in such great form when he's played. And I just think it's, you know, he he doesn't want to be confined to just appearing in the Champions League, surely.
0: I guess the pep, it's all the same, isn't it? You know, football's football, minutes and minutes. It's just a shame. There was a little bit of an exit strategy for Foden owners with um, Torres, but he's he's also starting tonight. Um, so there's one guy who might might be nailed so Jossie I mean do, do you think Mares is nailed or as nailed as can be is that, <laughs> I know it's a very tough question though. <laughs> I'm going to put
3: my neck on the line with that one um, uh, I think he, he, maybe you he start the weekend I think nobody's nailed outside of probably Kevin De Bruyne I'm not going to mention Diaz just for fear that he gets a bench at the weekend uh, maybe Edison and De Bruyne nobody seems nailed to be fair uh, but he but Sterling hasn't been doing great. Again, sorry, Rich, for sticking sure, the knife in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Moes, yeah, he looked good yesterday. And as, as we heard from Alan in the stats, he massively overperformed his XG to score that hat trick. But, but he's got that in him. Personally, I, I don't think I'd be bringing him in this week. If you got him, fantastic. I mean, hold him. Um, maybe you stick the armband on him. But for me, if he does get a run of two or three games, I... I
2: you don't know when he's going to be back out again. I just don't know. I agree. It's one of those where you, you look at it, the team sheet this week ahead of Firmin. you're like, brilliant. You know, I'll bring him in this week. But then if, if he hauls, great. And he's more than likely to. mares is fantastic. He's, I think he was a, the top player in the league last season, points per, yeah. points per 90, points per minute, one of those stats. And him and Aguero, I think it was, actually. Um, but the thing is, is that he, you know, the next game away to Man United, will he play? Mm, not sure. Questionable. He's not the best defensively. And then you start the cycle of Pep Roulette again, and you're into you're into a bit of a, an issue there. And, yeah, you know, Foden has not been an enjoyable experience so far. He has done quite well when he's come off the bench, but still for a 6.5 million midfielder i'd like to have had more out of him mares for a 2 million pound more is like you can't go there really um so i, I agree if you, if you've got him keep him if you're on the, if you've got your wild cards in your back pocket potentially that's an option if you're aggressively you know making moves week on week to try and hit you know big big hauls um prior to uh to wildcard then yeah but if you've used your wildcard I'm I'm not I don't think you know it's not for me really. He's also at a very difficult price. There's um there's some nice options below his price in the likes of Grealish and and Yotta and and then above his price, you know, Sun and Rashford and He's just sort of sat on his own there really around the eight, eight and a half with not really much else to move him to.
0: It's just those, those fixtures for me with City. I mean, obviously I'm sat here with three City midfielders. So obviously I like taking the risk and it's, I mean, it's not paid off so far. But I mean, they've got, like we said, they got Fulham, then they got Man United. I mean, I don't think that's as hard as it sounds on paper or as it, as the FDR would have us think. Then it's West Brom, then it's Southampton, then Newcastle, then Everton. I mean, those are games i could see them honestly scoring three or four in each and every one of those games so is it worth the risk just to just to have a couple of them i mean obviously de bruyne you can just set and forget over christmas fingers crossed and i mean mares is cheap a lot cheaper than sterling and like you know, people have been prepared to risk it with sterling
3: to it's me no- the answer to your question which is yes they probably are worth the risk i think where i struggle is i'm already looking at a midfield of Grealish, Ziyech, uh, uh, Fernandez Fernandes, and Jota. I don't know which one I'd sell anyway. I'm already like low. To, I don't know who to sell to get Kevin De Bruyne in. Um, so there's a lot of other options that are performing that are probably likely to play
2: week in week out.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um,
0: yeah, it's like say- you know,
2: look, you've got to look at players. I mean, Grealish is in a in a in a class of his own at the moment, purely because of like his stats are just ridiculous. And um, that level of stats from a player of that price, if I'm honest with you, it hasn't really been seen, um, particularly in midfield. Um, but even like players like Wilfred Zaha, you know, I, I hate owning Wilfred Zaha and, you know, having an attacking an attacker from Palace is never, for me, a good idea because they're such a defensive-minded team. But even if you look at him and you compare him to the likes of Foden or Mares, once he's back from coronavirus, he's playing 90 minutes week in, week out. He's on penalties. He's a talisman. He's, you know, it, 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 it's it's picks like that. And particularly going into the festive period where rotation is going to be worse than ever is now really the time to jump on more City. I think for me, Is it the time to jump
0: of... off? Because I guess I'm on the, the complete opposite of that, where I see all these great assets. I mean, I don't have like Bruno. I don't have Grealish. But I almost don't want to jump off the city assets. <laughs> um, and I mean, maybe this is some kind of like, you know, maybe I'm making a horrific error and I've made an error with Foden. I should have just gone for Grealish, but now obviously times have changed, the prices have changed. Um I think it's just as hard to go the other way. It is, mate, it is, and it's, it's like I'm doubling things, down. Maybe. It's like pep roulette, and I feel like you know, if I keep betting on black, it's eventually gonna come in, <laughs> I, think
2: just, of, I think that's kind of I think it's tough that also that the United away is after Fulham and you know, United aren't rock solid, but it seems like City are playing a bit of a different game this season. And while well, they beat Burnley five nil. I don't know. I get this. I get the feeling that they've tightened up at the back, even at home to Burnley. They played Rodri and Gundogan. I mean, you know, it's 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 not typical Pep, and I think he's prioritising his defence more and keeping clean sheets more and and therefore, yes, it's great for KDB owners like us and. Um, you know, he's he's playing more like in the ten role rather than the eight. But I do think that yes, they won five 0 of the weekend, but I don't think you're gonna see it as regularly. And and I, I kind of feel like they he's gonna try and go for the league in a different way. And it might be as simple as he looks at Liverpool and sees them as his biggest threat, obviously. Champions, they look the best team in the league most weeks. But he looks at them and he goes, right, where are they weak? They're weak defensively because they've lost Van Dijk, they've lost Gomez. And he wants to basically exploit that and and turn himself and and, and City into more of a defensive-minded, solid team that goes week in, week out with not conceding many chances and then fills with KDB in a front three. That's enough to, to win games, you know, one nil, two nil, for example.
0: Yeah, I mean that positioning for KDB in the in the Burnley game, it wasn't something I expected. So, I mean, he, I guess he is a captain, captain gift at the moment. But we move on to our our third headline. So, it's how many premium picks should we own, and which ones for the festive period? So, Jeff Pedders asked. So, we will go to you first, Josie. Um, you can only have two of Salah, Bruno, or KDB for the next few weeks. Which two do you go for?
3: Salah, Bruno or KDB? Well, I think is a must for the upcoming uh, fixtures which we talked about. It's tough, and I'm a die-hard Liverpool fan. But I think <laughs> at the moment, for the next couple of fixtures, fernandez um, he just seems its difficult to drop at the moment for me. He, he's got so many routes to points, penalties, the set-pieces, he scores a screamer. Um, he's, he's a talisman in in a Man United side that probably aren't as good as they used to be but they, they're still a, a top side um, Salah, I want to get back as quickly as possible um, but for the time, if I have to prioritise two, for the next two or three fixtures up until game week 12 <laughs> then it's, it's Fernandes and, and um, uh, Fernandes and Kevin De Bruyne
0: that's the difficulty, isn't it? I think a lot of people want Salah because of that, because of that Fulham game like you mentioned in, in, in Game Week 12. Um, I mean, Josh, what do you think about that question?
2: Well, I'm on Salah and KDB. I haven't known Bruno all season. Um, and I went into the season really thinking that he's not someone that I would particularly fancy captaining a great deal, but I think he's sort of changing um he's sort of well, or Solskjaer I should say, has, has changed his position a little bit. Now uh, he's getting into the box more. He's therefore more shots in the box. He's got a higher xG on top of everything that you already had in terms of chancing, uh, in terms of chances created, and obviously his penalties, which um, we won't go into. Um, so I think he's looking like an even more well-rounded asset than before i think kdb is essential at the moment and that's a big word and we shouldn't use it and band it about but for this week he's going to be hugely captained of those who've got him anyway um it, you know he's been rested tonight and they're at home to fill him i think it's just it's too obvious to be true sometimes they, those ones aren't so good when they're too obvious but that one is is definitely um an easy captain um, so for me, I think it is so difficult. I think definitely KDB plus one. Um I don't like the idea of of moving these around now. I feel like you've got to settle on two or three before until Chris you know, over the festive period. I just think the way that Liverpool are lining up um with Salah at the and that when they do play that sort of four, two, three, one and Salah's the one um up top i think that that is where he scores a lot of points and yes we're saying about the fulham fixture away game week 12 but just round the corner after that they've got west brom at home game week 15. um so you know there's two fixtures there that are plum captain fixtures and i just i, I feel like he could not necessarily reach his 17-18 season because that was beyond ridiculous, 303 points. But I do think he could beat his last two. Um, so, you know, I, I probably would be biased and say Salah and KDB out of three still.
0: Awesome. And I think just to touch on KDB again, I think he's been quite unlucky the last couple of game weeks. And I think the, the points totals he's got could have been, you know, much, much higher. If it wasn't for Jesus, for example, the week before, you know, he'd have had, it, he'd have yeah. had a goal. He's been putting, you know, set pieces and crosses on on a plate for players. Yeah, he missed the penalty as well in the the game before that. So I think that's why his ownership's quite low. And it might be disguised from, you know, the less engaged managers. You know, fingers crossed anyway, especially with, you know, all this stuff going on with games being postponed. Um, I mean, Jossie, obviously you're a Liverpool fan. So we had a question from FPL Navigator asking if Mane is a Liverpool asset to avoid. And is he a bad value pick? So, I mean, for you, is it Salah all the way or... Would you consider Mane?
3: I I saw that question. and Is he a bad value pick? Absolutely not. I mean, at times, Mane is our best player. Um, He's probably a better goal scorer at times uh, than Salah. Salah has the penalties and that edges it for me in that place bracket. Um, So I'd never call Mane a bad value pick. But I think considering that you can now probably pair in your midfield Salah with Jota for 6.7, 6.8, um I probably wouldn't go to Mane at the moment. But, I mean, Mane can outscore Salah on any given day, no question.
0: Awesome, awesome. And um, we've got um, a question from Oli Lewinsky. He's asking about Kane. So, obviously, a lot of people have got Kane at the moment or have recently sold him on wildcards. Um, Oli's are basically asking, is it worth selling Kane to a cheap striker like Bamford, Watkins, Antonio to allow a midfield with Salah, De Bruyne and Bruno? So, I guess it kind of links in with Jeff's question where he's a pick one from Salah Bruno or pick two from Salah Bruno and De Bruyne but if we sell Kane we could obviously probably squeeze in all three so I mean what's your thoughts on on Kane Jossie?
3: um I have Kane I may well be shipping him this week to facilitate <laughs> KDB so um yeah I I'm I'm on board with that Well, Kane's been fantastic um and He's always capable. Of I, I'm, and you touched on it earlier. He's playing Arsenal this week. Mm. I'm hesitant to sell him for that game because I, I know he's got um, he's got a great record there. He loves scoring in the North London derby, but I'm not going to put the armband on him. And I am going to put the armband on De Bruyne. So for that reason, I'm I'm happy to to move him on. He's still got a few tough fixtures. Um, I, I'm with Josh, I, I think it's it's dangerous to be switching these premiums around too much because they're all capable of scoring in any given game um, but at the moment I think if I could have three and I aim to get towards three then Salah, Fernandes and KDB would be my first um, choices
0: Brilliant and what what about you Josh what are you thinking McCain I think well first
2: and foremost I'd say obviously Ollie's uh, question was presumably before we heard about the postponement but I think um, selling Kane this week would definitely... Obviously, Jossie's doing it to move for, for KDB, who's obviously his his chosen captain for this week coming up. But, and you know, if you've not got fires to put out, yes, potentially. But I think it's going to be a bit of a luxury move for most managers this week selling Kane because I think they're going to have more fires to put out in terms of just getting out an 11, really. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of... You know, if that's what you want, that Salakady be Bruno midfield. It's looking great and Bruno is looking fantastic. Um, I will harp on about the same thing about Kane at Christmas. He is, has been um, a beast at Christmas and I don't see why he can't be again in this form that he's in this season. He's got some fantastic captaincy fixtures coming up. Um, it also gives you a little bit more flexibility when you've got um, one premium striker and two premium midfielders, so you know I, I I kind of yeah Bruno's been great the last three over Kane of course, but you know I I don't personally think we can hang our hat on one or the other necessarily for the for the festive period coming up. They've both got some good fixtures. Uh, I just I just think you know just just pick your pick your poison and stick with it really.
0: Yeah, I think with Kane, he is a difficult one because I I can't lie. I have looked at ways of, you know, what he can do if I transfer him out and Son out. And then I can get players like Bruno and Salah in. But I mean, I I do quite like his fixtures. I know they're kind of tough. I mean, like Jossie said, I'm not going to captain him. Um, Although I think he could be a viable captain option this week if you haven't got De Bruyne potentially I think but his really, two
2: um, toughest fixtures He's just had as well Home to City, away to Chelsea He yeah, yeah, gets exactly. better now I
0: hardly feel like yeah, we've held him through those
2: exactly, Tougher yeah. games
0: and I mean Leicester And Liverpool don't scare me as much as they used to um, Coming up in a couple of game weeks time it's He's
2: number one of in the ICT Index Of go, 603 then. players in <laughs> the game So um, Yeah You know there's, there's a reason. There's a reason you ever to have him. It's a reason i the ICT
0: index. I think, I think where I kind of do agree with Jossie there, though, is I haven't got Bruno. You haven't got Bruno. Yeah. And I guess Bruno gets more points. You know, he can get... A, I mean, he probably won't get a clean sheet, but, you know, he gets that extra point per goal. They're both on penalties. They're both nailed for 90 minutes. So um, I think there's going to become a point where I have to choose between Kane and Bruno. And I I think just because of the points, it makes it a little bit harder. And especially because, like Ollie mentioned, there are those options like Bamford, etc. But I think, yeah, like you said, Josh, we've held him through the the tougher fixtures. So let's let's see what he does against Arsenal. Um, you know, we can always we can always reassess there because he's only had one shot in the last two game weeks. But it was t- you know a couple of very very tough games where Marino you know set up very defensively. Um, I think they might be a bit more attacking against Arsenal, but I guess we shall see. Um, so the piss break is sponsored by FPL Merch with the new site now live use that code so that code again it's pissbreak all one word for a special FPL surgery discount of 20% off so if you just go to fplmerch.com and use the code pissbreak welcome back listeners so we go straight on to our community questions now the first one we've got is on our slack channel that's from alan so obviously fpl diagnosis so going forward three strikers or five midfielders so many options in midfield but with five midfielders you're consigned to brewster as your third striker is the upside of the power midfield worth having that dead spot in your team considering a bench boost might be on the horizon in game week 19 is Bruce, Brewster worth holding on to? So, I mean, basically what he's asking is 3-5-2 um, or do you want to go for the more traditional 3-4-3? Three, three? So, I mean, Jossie, what are your thoughts on that?
3: Um, I, I'm 3-4-3 three, three at the moment. Um, I, I tend to think, look, it, it's not about, formation; it's about where are the best picks. And and for a while, we've found quite a lot of enticing budget strikers up front. Um, Carrot Lewin's still doing it. Bamford, Antonio, Watkins, when he can finish a pen. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> Relentless, isn't it?
3: <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep it going. Um, so, so, I, so I'm still kind of leaning there, to be honest. I think I like the three forwards. There's a wealth of, I think one of the biggest problems this season, though are a wealth of options. So you have to, uh, to Josh's point, Josh's point before, pick your poison if you prefer... Um, filling your midfield with Jota and Grealish and, and CES. I, th- I think you've got better budget options up front. So for me, three strikers.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think there's some great picks there. And, um, you know, let's just look at the the sort of similarly priced midfielders of Foden and whatnot at 6.5 compared to the strikers that are playing week in, week out, some of which have got penalties. Some can score them, some can't. Obviously, we've just <laughs> spoken about that. Um, that, um, you know, I think they're just, just great value, really. So I think it's, yeah, better to go light up top. And it's something that I'm actually, um, as we've been talking uh, t- this evening, looking at uh, at the moment in terms of what to do with Harry Kane, really, which has been sort of a, a, a week by week question mark in my mind and um, starting to gradually think that maybe it might be the time to uh, go budget up top.
0: Oh wow! See, I'm actually I'm on three five two at the moment, and I think I'm quite happy to to stick. Because one of the problems I'm having is working out which midfielders to remove to bring in, you know, so many midfielders options. Plus, I don't actually mind Brewster. Um, I know he didn't even start this week, and Sheffield United, you know, don't look like scoring many. But I I just don't mind him for that for that four point five million price. I'd I'd rather him, you know, than Suchek, for example, just as a, just as a first sub. So. For me, it's three five two, but it does seem to be changing quite regularly. And I'm also quite happy with the, the upcoming fixtures for Everton to go without Calvert-Lewin. So I think I'm just going to hold Kane and, and Watkins slash Bamford um, for the foreseeable. I, but I think it can change very quickly.
3: I do agree that of all the 4.5s, I think Brewster's probably still the best because you look at what you can get for a 4.5 midfielder. Most of them not carrying a great deal of goal threat. And whilst Brewster, you can argue, has scored nothing yet, as a striker, he's always has a, a strong possibility of, of popping up with a goal. And I don't see that quite as regularly in Anguissa, Besouma, Birk, who I've got languishing on my bench. So I, I do think he's the best bench option. But I think you should pick your choice of five midfielders or three forwards based on who are the best starting players, not who's your best player
0: option. Yeah, no, I do agree with that. It's, I think it's just for me as well. I'm finding it hard to, I mean, I haven't got Grealish, I haven't got Bruno. I'm just finding it hard to work out who to remove. There seems to be five or six midfielders I could happily have. Uh-huh. Um, whereas I think the strikers are a bit, I mean, I don't get, I mean, obviously watching Leeds, it kind of makes you want Bamford until he starts missing, but I'm not like desperately needing Bamford. I'm not desperately needing Watkins. They're just do you think kind of if like if they
2: had um do you think if they had Pete Aguero or Pete Kane they'd win the league?
0: What Leeds? Yeah. I don't <laughs> they'd they'd definitely be Champions League. Um...
2: Honestly, it's nuts. If they had someone like if they had someone up front who could who was just like seriously clinical, they'd 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 be right up there. They'd be doing so well. And the rest of their starting 11's all right. It's not amazing but it's just the amount of chances he gets and it's
0: just he also just... loves seems to love love bamford um we, we move on to a question on on twitter so from thomas i can't pronounce sorry thomas i can't pronounce your surname um but um jossie when is the old trigger happy jossie coming back
3: <laughs> um you could argue maybe he came back last week um well i i, I hit a minus eight i did move quite early for um Jota who was going up in price and for uh, Diaz because size was going to drop again and I was uh, hemorrhaging value on him. Uh, but as I said before, this season, I think more than ever, uh, the the COVID um, problems, the, the quick turnaround and fixes, the intensity, the, I think we've seen a lot more injuries, niggles, um, and that's going to be more resting as well. I, I just... My patient approach is working for me at the moment. It's getting, it's starting to creep me back up the ranks, and so for the time being, Trigger Happy jossy is staying on the back burner.
0: You're quite close with Luke, aren't you, Luke Wilson? Who we had on the pod recently. Yeah. I mean, do, do you know if he's changed his approach at all?
3: To my knowledge, I mean, we did um we did a pod at the start of the season, at all about building team value, and he's to my knowledge still pretty adamant that it's it's a big part of his game. It's how he likes to play. And it's always been a big part of my game, but I, I, I made a conscious decision at the start of this season to be a little bit more balanced and still, I still want to build team value, but I don't want to sacrifice. I mean, I think we talked about it before we came on the pod, there was, a, there was a point, I think last season where I moved early to take a hit to get Joe Hart in <laughs> because he was going to go up 0.1. Uh, <laughs> not
0: I love sure. that so much. What are we doing? <laughs>
3: Um, because I was adamant that he he was a good pick and and I just wasn't prepared to pay an extra 0.1 for him, so I moved early and I think I had to take a hit that week because something else happened. So just raining it in a little bit this year.
0: Brilliant. Um, and our next question is from who who's asking this question for me. So asking, when will my Chelsea overweighted truck of defender madness gonna stop? So obviously I've got the three Chelsea defenders. You know, they've done pretty well the last couple of weeks and I think I'm just going to keep keep rolling with them. I mean, I know Josh has got um, obviously Reese James and Chilwell as well. I mean, I think there could be a point where if I want to get more money into midfield and sh- attack, I think Zuma, whose price just keeps rising, um, he's probably a little bit, dare I say, it, overpriced. Or he'd be a good way that I could free up a million, you know, if I did Zuma to Dallas or Ailing, for example. So, I'm, I mean, I'm happy. I'm just going to set and forget them for as long as I can. But if I need to, Zoom is going to be the one to go. If I need that little bit of extra money to get like a Bruno in or something. Um, so, Michael Lund is asking, so we'll go to you, Josh. Do you see Calvert-Lewin continuing to score goals?
2: I do, yeah. I think he's the season keeper. And I know that Everton have dipped a little bit, well, quite a bit actually recently, even with Charleston's uh, comeback. They've obviously weren't... Um, their best against Leeds, but his—I mean, his—his um, his stats are great. I've Do you always... still
0: prefer Richarlison to him?
2: I, I don't. I never, I never preferred Richarlison to him. I think if I was going for one of the two of them now, I'd go Richarlison just to be different. Okay. Yeah. But I think if you've got DCL, then yeah, he's. Yeah, I think he's a season keeper. I mean, for the simple reason being. His price. Um, He's playing in a in a in you know them them and wolves are the two best teams who don't have European commitments. Um, and on, on on top of that, strikers who play underneath Ancelotti normally do do well. They normally do do get they normally get a fair amount of big chances. And um, I think he'll he'll be up there for the golden boot come the end of the season personally.
0: Brilliant. And we've got a question for you then, Jossie, so from FPL CIS. Do I have to seriously consider Dyer as an option? Four out of the last five clean sheets, despite City and Chelsea, is he the just-in replacement?
3: Look, I, I saw this question, and to be honest, that four out of the last five clean sheets took me a little bit by surprise. I hadn't realised they had been. And, and and two very tough fixtures. I think, yeah, it's, it's a Mourinho side, and he's shown now in these tough fixtures that more than capable of, um, Parking the bus As, as he's famed for um, I think there's better options At the moment I think one of Chilwell or James Is is key to have um, I think having a City defender Is really important at the moment um, Dyer could absolutely be a good Replacement for Justin I got better, more priorities I think at his price Or for a little bit more There's other defenders around That probably offer more than just a clean sheet
0: yeah no i can see that i can see that but yeah no very impressive record so we've got a question about cavani um from Srinjoy. who's saying thoughts on the cavani bandwagon while there was a pending fa investigation and a potential start midweek to take his revenge on psg who are not in good form i, th- I mean I'm, i think i saw earlier that he's getting a, a ban allegedly um i don't know if either of you two have seen anything about that or if you're interested in cavani I- I've seen the
3: post that he mm-hmm. made um, thanking one of his, um, and I'm going to not use the word, but th- no. thanking one of his um, uh, contacts who who applauded them on a good, um, and he and he used the same term that I think Suarez used, um, but in a more aggressive fashion against mm-hmm. Um so I've not heard that the band's actually confirmed or anything. Um, are we hearing that, that it, story? It might
0: it it might have been a Twitter rumor, to be fair, <laughs> um, saying that he was going to be banned. So I guess let's pretend he's not. Let's pretend he's not banned. I mean, would would you look at Cavani, uh, or is, do you think Bruno's enough?
3: I mean, I I I'd never like to get too many Man United players into my team. <laughs> but on a serious note, if if he were nailed and he, and he was firing, he, he's world class Cavani, no question. I'm I'm not sure he is nailed yet. I'd probably want to let him. Uh, to see a few more games from him but if he's nailed he, he could be an option Um not looking at it at the moment but uh, I'll keep on keep on the radar I think
0: yeah awesome and we'll go to a question from FPL Rodney um, so I guess we'll all answer this so Josh we'll start with you so the best three defensive options over the next four to six game weeks. so it doesn't have to be three just one or two if you want
2: I mean City are looking the most solid it's just about Picking the one that's gonna start really. Um, I think it's tough looking at looking at them, and um obviously some people who got burnt this week with Cancelo, he's now starting in the Champions League tonight. Um Walker's a little bit pricey for what he offers, and then centre-back-wise, really it's Diaz, but then again, Diaz is starting again tonight. So I kind of feel like they're a different. Difficult one, really. Um, although I think that they look defensively the best team in the league um, by quite some way at the moment. Um, and then, yeah, love the love the Chelsea fullbacks. I own them both, um, Chilwell and James. I think. Other than that, I think Spurs have got some good fixtures coming up. Um, I actually think Dyre is not a bad option, really, because. You've got to think there's going to be a fair amount of rotation with, um, you know, the likes of Aurier, Doherty, Regulon, Ben Davies. So um, it could be, be, you know, a little bit more of a solid pick there going for the centre back. I think uh, Robertson's a great pick still. They've got some nice fixtures coming up. Um, And then outside of the top six, really, I think it's fairly limited, if I'm honest with you. Um, I've been uh, hanging on to Seamus Coleman for what feels like (laughs) light years. And I just, I just, I'd love to sell him because he doesn't seem like he's coming back anytime soon. And he's just sat there third on my bench every week. But I just feel like there's not really anyone who I feel I want to move him to. Um, So really, I think, yeah, at the moment, defender wise, you've got to look at the top six
0: I heard as mocking you on the official fpl show for you he P- did Col- yeah Coleman and, Pick. and i don't and blame I, him
2: and i found <laughs> out afterwards that he had Neil Moore paying his side the whole the whole time i should have looked at his team before i went on but yeah it's good good job that i found that out afterwards otherwise it could have got into a little bit of a tit <laughs> for tat on uh on the fpl show it's not really their style they're a bit too uh a bit too slick for that aren't they then yeah. uh Two boys having a bit of a squabble over a couple of crap picks that they've got in their team.
0: Yeah. Um, what about you, Jossie? Um, what kind of defensive options do you like?
3: Um, well, I think Robertson, for me, is probably... I mean, look, he's more expensive than than most of the others. He's the best pick at the moment. He was, he was minutes away from another 12-pointer um, this week. I, I think he's a fantastic pick. Great run of fixtures, particularly while Trent's missing. He is more key to Liverpool than ever. Um, on set pieces. He's the, the fullback with the license to raid on because Milne's not going to do that. Um, so, yeah, um, R- Robertson. And then, I'm looking at my own defence here, Chilwell. Love Chilwell. I think uh, he, he's, he looks like um, the new Alonso in the box, striking um, shots. Um, and, yeah, I, I'd say my Third choice, probably a, a City defender. And Diaz, at the moment, looks nailed. Uh, I'm hesitant to say that now because I'm going to see him uh, benched at the weekend and I own him. But he, he looks nailed at the moment. And he does offer some goal threat. Mendy and Cancelo show great threat, but I can't have any confidence that either one is, is playing consistently. So, they would be my three. Robertson, Chilwell and Diaz. And I own all three. Yeah.
0: Do you know <laughs> right what? I, I actually... T- I actually, I actually own all, all three of mine as well. So don't, don't worry. I mean, mine are like you mentioned. I mean, Chilwell, he hasn't, he hasn't blanked, you know, since his, or well, he hasn't blanked since, since he began. Um, you know, he started against what was it, Crystal Palace, got eighteen mm-hmm. points, and yeah, he hasn't blanked since. So, love him, love Rhys James, and my other one's Lamptey. Um, I'm quite happy that this week I can, I can bench the name. I will not mention the striker for Aston Villa, um, and play Lamptey because I mean, I've you know, he just looks so attacking and, you know, against Southampton, I mean, he could have an absolute field day, fingers crossed, probably won't keep a clean sheet, but I really like Lampy for that price well I own him too <laughs> yeah well, there you go So four of them you own <laughs> um but yeah no that, I think that, I think that covers covers all the all the questions we got for this week um so we got some feedback from Colm Hayes who says piss break is one of the great discount codes and I can't disagree um so yeah if you go to fplmerch.com, you can use that discount code piss break and we've got um obviously Mikhail Tokfam's algorithm all you need to do is go to patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm to have a look at it you know in a bit more detail now he's doing the Iceman's team this year and he did send the transfers through and I'll run through them briefly but obviously this is before before the news of the Villa game being postponed so Watkins, Grealish and Martinez are in the Iceman's team so so good luck but what he said is that the transfer algorithm identifies Ziyech and Cancelo as the weak links at the moment anyway a full, fully fit squad shouldn't merit wasting both transfers. Bellerin's a great replacer of Cancelo if he misses his place to Mendy again, but that doesn't make sense before the next game week. So depending on Champions League, it's definitely logical to risk it on Cancelo for one more week. So Cancelo does actually start tonight. Xhota and Mares are the top candidates for ZH, gaining at least 0.10 BCV jota perhaps the top option as he leaves money in the bank for Salah game week 12 without having to spend both transfers up next is wolf wolves and jota is at least definitely starting that one against his former club after that is a risky and volatile asset but nothing suggests he should lose his place right at the moment we're also partnered with fantasy football hub and have been given the exclusive sign up code of surgery15 so if you go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk you can sign up there get 15% off that code is capital letters surgery15 and of course we're partnered with fpl doodles at fpl doodles one on twitter he does the artwork for the pod release tweet so we're moving now onto our onto our trapped into our transfers and our captains um so if we start with you Jossie, what what are you thinking
3: so, I am the breath of uh, any city attack. So, De Bruyne's coming in. I think I'm going to have to fund that with Kane. Um, I was intent, I was debating whether I get Watkins or Bamford. I think that decision had been taken for me now. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and then it's just down to whether or not I want to hold Grealish on the bench um, or whether I want um, to hold CS and, and, and get rid of Grealish this week. So that decision will probably go to the wire. But yeah, ultimately, probably one of Grealish and CS out to bring De Bruyne in and put the armband on.
0: Cool. Um. So Josh, what, what are you thinking for your transfers and captains?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure, actually. Uh, definitely captain uh, KDB again, um, second week in a row. As for transfers, I can just bench Grealish uh and roll out 10 men with Martinez obviously in goal and just play both Leeds defenders away at Chelsea though it's not um it's not fantastic um so my my back my back four would be Chilwell James at Dallas and Dallas Nailing so uh, it would be uh very reliant on a nil nil um so yeah not entirely sure really I, as as the as we've been recording I've actually been sort of playing with the idea potentially of is this the week to to move to move Kane on and, and, and go to uh, you know go to sort of three three small strikers price wise um, or, or not so uh, yeah I, I could I could roll or I could take a minus four and um, and, and lose Kane and get some more money into uh, into midfield really um, and I, I dare not say with his sort of stats, Picking up now. I feel maybe, maybe is it silly to go longer without Bruno?
0: Got two free transfers. I actually don't mind my team this week. I was actually looking at, I, w- I wouldn't have done it, but I was looking at burning a transfer because I'm happy. I've got my three city in place. I'm not confident that they start, but I just feel like I can't r- remove them before this Fulham game. So, what I might do with the two transfers is just sort out my goalkeeper and then I'll play a four-five-one this week. So, the triple Chelsea and Lampsey I'm quite happy with. I still have the double spares attack because I I just really like that Arsenal game. I think it could be, you know, it could be pretty nice. I mean, I'm trying to think a bit longer term as well with my moves. I do want to find a way to get Salah in. I feel like he's a priority over Bruno for me, mainly because of the captaincy um, when Liverpool play Fulham in in game week 12. So it's probably going to be something really boring for me, probably a goalkeeper transfer. Obviously, I don't really want to lose Martinez long term. So do I then look at two goalkeepers, like rotating goalkeepers? Um, I don't know if I like that because then I'm taking money out, you know, that I could be using to get in players like Salah and Bruno. But yeah, um, KDB, 100 percent. He's my captain this week. Um, unless Sterling scores because it's half time in the City game at the moment. Unless he scores a hat trick and gets subbed in the 60th minute, I'm pretty sure it's going to be KDB captain. So, Josh, do you want to go through our mini leagues?
2: Yeah, of course. So the FPL Surgery League uh, in fifth spot is Robert Ununger. Um, Fourth is USA Kamal United. Third is Jonathan Bent. Second is Sean Dunlop. And first is Hakon Hager. And in the uh, FPL Surgery Patreon League, fifth is Jay Rosnick. Fourth is Jorgen Rogberg third is Matthew Greco, second is Darren Bairn, and first is still there, Espen Frostard.
0: Brilliant. You're getting very good at pronouncing these names now, Josh. I mean, the people might not agree. The people, these names you're read now but i I think i think you sound more more confident with it it's
2: better than (laughs) when you said um tanzania last week definitely i need to
0: apologize to the listeners in in tanzania well we're out there one of the one of the
2: highest in in tanzania as you said
0: eh? (laughs) it i'd never seen it written down before i've heard of tanzania and i hear it's a lovely country i just i'd never seen i'd never seen it written down before so i I do apologize um to our listeners in tanzania
2: Dropping listeners, unfortunately, they, in the comments. I coming
0: probably shouldn't have put this bit at the start, the apology. but I do apologise. <laughs> hopefully
2: they've listened to the whole pod, the, the few that remain, and um, they've, they've they've heard it at the end.
0: yeah and hopefully let their
2: uh, let their other friends who are FPL players know.
0: I mean, maybe they've forgiven me and they've got Ivanovic in now um, and happy with their clean sheet from last week. So uh, we'll move on to our three differential picks. So, Jossie, who have you got this week?
3: I was... Tempted to go really obvious and pick Moes, but I'm going to try and be a bit clever and uh, pick a guy who I I was really keen to get in my squad early this season, but he's had his injury problems. But he's back now. So Christian Pulisic hopefully gets a start and and he could do really well this week. One point seven percent.
0: Nice, that's very low, very low as well. I remember him after 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 lockdown just exploding him and him and William. Um, Josh, who have you got down?
2: I've gone for Gabriel Jesus, um, one point six percent owned, um, which is crazy. Uh, him and him and Aguero are so lowly owned. Um, he's he's not started tonight, uh, home to Fulham without obviously one of their centre backs who should be ineligible because he's obviously owned by uh, by City he's a City player on loan there. So I think, yeah, should be um, should definitely see a, a Jesus goal at the weekend. I would have thought.
0: Nice. I've also got a City player, but I'm going to change it. So I had Ferran Torres at 1.8%. Um, now, this is the perils of picking these before we saw the team sheet. I'm just going to, sorry, Josh, I'm just going to go for the obvious pick. I'm going to go for Mahrez at 4.6%. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, if you if someone can predict Pep Roulette, basically, I think what we're saying, or me and Josh are saying, is, you know, get Man City players in. Um, but I, I love the Pulisic, Pulisic punt as well. Obviously, I don't have room in my own team for that um before we go josh do you want to really quickly just run through your you wanted to do this you wanted to predict peps 11 for the weekend
2: well i just thought it'd be a bit a bit fun this is <laughs> this is a prediction this is not an in the know it. this is not anything that uh i've heard it's just purely just looking at the lineup tonight i thought it'd be a bit of fun So, um, yeah, I've I've gone with... So, I think Edison in goal. Surprise, surprise. Um, Back for uh, Walker, as he's um, rested tonight. Right back. Mendy, left back, is rested tonight. Centre back, I think he's going to go with Stones. He's been, you know, really, really waxing lyrical about him recently and how how, well he's been playing and how he's got, you know, chance of having a big season with them. I think then... Alongside him, I think they'll actually go Laporte. He didn't play uh, last game and I think that he'll likely go Laporte and Diaz against United next weekend. And he's probably going to want to give Laporte some minutes, but not too close to uh to 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 the united game as well as also next champions league game if they win tonight uh, next midweek's going to be a dead rubber um three in midfield i think it'll be the same as it was uh against burnley brodery Gundogan kdb and then three up top mares rested tonight Jesus rested tonight and i think he'll go for sterling i think he to bench him two games in a row i think last game maybe I don't know it might have been to do with an injury that's niggling or it may have been to prove a point it may have been both but he knows he's one of his best players and I think um I think he'll uh he'll he'll, he'll give him a start again
0: your team has yeah KDB quite advanced again so I do like that um Jossie I mean how many do you reckon he's got out of 11 there I'm gonna say he probably gets seven or eight at best
3: yeah, but I'm hoping he's got the ass wrong. Otherwise, I'm down to nine. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess he's got seven right.
0: Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's it's hard to do. I've I've seen so many oh, people on Twitter oh, trying to predict eleven, and no one ever gets eleven um, yeah. beyond Edison and and KDB. But um, Jossie, thanks thanks for joining us. How can our listeners obviously find you on social media, etc.? Um,
3: mainly on Twitter at FPL Jossie brilliant brilliant
0: no no thank you so much for so much for coming on it's been nice talking to you because obviously i've listened to the surgery and heard you as a guest on it but having you on the show's show's really good fantastic cheers
3: guys Um, cheers mate
0: Please help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Please join the FPL Surgery Podcast League. The code is 439HW9. That code again, it's 439HW9. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit and Twitter. The Twitter handle is at FPL Surgery. Subscribe on iTunes and remember to please rate the podcast. And if you do, five stars is appreciated. Or you can send an email to us, fplsurgerypodcast at gmail.com. Josh, you've just got one more thing to say. Up the pod, up the pod, up the pod.